electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. The last day before the Christmas break, Congress down to the wire on passing a massive spending bill. We don't need to decide guns and butter right here. There's a lot of people that would say that's crazy. And disgraced crypto kid Sam Bankman-Fried home for the holidays in the U.S. and out on a $250 million bail. I mean, does the Bahamas, the authorities there look at this and say, what the heck? We check in with the not-so-top-secret military operation at NORAD, scanning the skies for St. Nick. We should be good to go because we defend North America 365 days a year, 24-7. So we're ready to track Santa as well, our favorite mission. Plus, Tesla tanking in 2022 and the value of the Bieber catalog. There's a Bieber catalog? Just do not be dissing the Biebs, man. That, that, that was, uh, that's the first thing I thought of when you started picking on him. It's Friday, December 23rd. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. On this vote, the yeas are 68, the nays are 29, under the previous order requiring 60 votes for the adoption. The Senate finally approved the $1.7 trillion funding bill yesterday that would avert a government shutdown. The bill now heads to the House, where it's expected to pass uh, before tonight's deadline. House Minority Leader Mitch McConnell did vote for the bill. So, admittedly, I'm pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. The GOP, all these guys are falling back on the uh, defense spending, which was even, I think, $40 billion more than, uh, than what President Biden was asking for, and above, if you calculate it in certain ways, above discretionary. So right. when you get... And depending on, you know, we don't need to, to decide guns and butter right here, but... Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that would say that's crazy, that we're still spending more on defense than on trying to help domestically with, with all, the, all the issues we have. We certainly have some issues domestically, and, but then when you look at what's transpired in the past 300 days, you realize, I mean, there's not only need, do we there's need... There's a need for yeah, defense. There's a need for, for defense. There's a need for resupplying ourselves, given what we're giving yes. others to, to defend themselves. And who knows with the high wand looming. I mean, I hope we never have to use any of these things, but, uh, you know, the, it's, it's, you have to be Pollyannish to think that there will come a day where we don't need any of that stuff. Coming out, guys. Heads up. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was released on $250 million in bond while awaiting trial for fraud and other criminal charges. Mackenzie Sigalos has been following the story closely. Mackenzie, I think people were a little shocked to see, first of all, that he got 
uh, bail. Second of all, that he was able to come up with enough to, to cover it. I know it's not $250 million, but it's still a big chunk of change. It is, but on the face of it, it is. You know, at the moment, a source close to the Bateman-Fried team told me a short time ago that Bateman-Fried is wheels down, apparently flying commercial back home to California. We're awaiting firm guidance on it. Now, back to your point about that $250 uh, $250 million number, it, you know, in theory, it's the largest ever for pretrial bail in U.S. history. But the arrangement really lacks teeth. His parents put up equity in their Palo Alto home as collateral. The house is valued at $4 million on Zillow, which is a fraction of that $250 million bond. A former federal prosecutor described it as an empty promise. The other terms of his bail agreement, also pretty tame. Bankman-Fried cannot open any new lines of credit above $1,000, and he has to submit to mental health counseling. He's had his passport confiscated and will be confined to the Northern District of California, where he will be living with his parents in their Palo Alto home. It is a surprisingly small set of demands for a man who federal prosecutors allege perpetrated a, quote, years-long brazen fraud against his investors and customers, bilking them out of $8 billion. Guys? I mean, does the Bahamas... The authorities there look at this and say, what the heck? Because they denied him bail there. I think a lot of people are confused, one, as to uh, why there was a bail arrangement in the first place. Prosecutors certainly had the case to make that he was a huge flight risk. Uh, I mean, he didn't he doesn't belong to any sort of U.S. jurisdiction. If anything, he's been living in the Bahamas uh, beyond the fact that uh, there are a lot of people questioning whether or not this claim that he only has one hundred thousand dollars to his name is actually true. Or there's still billions of dollars in missing missing customer cash. And people want to know if Bankman Freed knows where that is. Uh, and then on top of that, like I said, that $250 million bond is not what you think it is. Like the fact that his parents only had to put up collateral in their house, meaning that if he flees, that's literally the only thing they stand to lose. That just doesn't have much teeth. Were there two other people who signed off on this? I had read somewhere that two wealthy individuals had also signed off on this. Who are these people and when will we find out? So four people co-signed that bond. I, what I saw in the filing, I was looking at the court docket, it was three family mem members and then one unnamed party. Uh, so that's the, those are the main terms at the moment. Have the prosecutor said anything? I mean, the prosecutor signed off on this, too. I, we, I, we haven't heard from. So Damian Williams, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, has been very aggressive, has moved quickly on these indictments. He's talking to all of Bankman Freed's top brass out of that FTX Alameda empire. Uh, I haven't uh, seen comments from him related to this bail agreement. Obviously, they you know, he landed with this already in place. They had been back channeling for days before he left the Bahamas. Uh, but again, unclear why uh, it, they weren't stricter or harder on him, because really, as soon as he got back to U.S. soil, all of his leverage was gone. Yeah, I, that's, that's what I don't get. Was it something that they offered to, to lure him back from the Bahamas since the Bahamas was not giving him bail at that point? Or was this a decision that was out of the prosecutor's hands and, and the bo their bosses, bosses made decisions on these things? I guess we'll find out more in the days to come. But McKinsey, thank you. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Becky. Looked at Tesla, 125. Uh, it's up a little. They were 125. That's where it closed uh, yesterday. That's, that was going down like ten dollars every day. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, and I wonder if we're going to find out. The last time we had it had the big sell-off last week or the week before, he sold another. He had sold three another billion three and a half billion dollars worth. I don't know if he's st uh, involved. He sold more than forty billion dollars. Right, but more more in the last week. If he did purchase, if he did, I don't know. Then it, it would be odd if he if he hadn't disclosed that, but. But it would also be, be odd if, if it was everybody else selling. We know short sellers now have, fit, you know, after 
you know, Losing basically get killed yeah. uh, over the years shorting Tesla. 15 billion, they're sharing 15 billion in, uh, in profits at this point. But Elon Musk addressing this said he's going to pause selling shares in Tesla for a minimum of 18 to 24 months. Speaking on Twitter Spaces yesterday, he said he wouldn't sell any uh, uh, next year under any circumstances and probably not the year after. Musk also said a decision on a buyback of the company's stock could be influenced by the severity of any downturn, economic downturn. His comments were the most direct response yet to worries among Tesla investors that he has been distracted since he bought Twitter in October. Tesla's stock has plunged more than 60% this year, underperforming the broader market. Yeah, distracted, that's one thing. But, you know, being a huge seller, the seller of the shares is a much bigger deal than being distracted or uh, this was a pretty big, uh, I mean, Twitter, see this? 70% of Twitter's top 100 ad spenders um, have not spent on the platform as of the week ending December 18th since he took over, 70%. So he slashed expenses drastically by laying right. off 50% of the staff, but when you lose all that incredible amount of revenue, um, so he's got a... It's a tough game to try and play. It's not that he can't do it, and I, I would never sell him short, so to speak, but uh, he definitely has to bring back advertisers, stabilize the business. He's got some cool One, ideas for what, what you're going to be able to click on ads, to buy things. They've already and, added things like you can see analytics straight in it now that you couldn't see before. His point yesterday was that for everybody who likes or comments on it, on your posts, there's a hundred others who have read it, and that's why the analytics box is there. You used to have to dig around a little deeper to try and find that before. But he also is convinced that his Twitter account is is key for the company's fortunes and future as well. And yeah. I, I think it might do a little better if he toned down on some of the stuff. I, I get it when he weighs in on Fun. issues of surrounding the town squares, but there, but I also think part of the reason that advertisers are afraid is because. They, they don't know if there's an uncertainty factor. Well, if he wasn't CEO, I'd, it, and, it, but, and, but was still owner, I'd give him total yeah. leeway to do whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. We take, I take some well, license. Like if you spend $44 don't million Don't you take some on license on what you, I, you know, I have this job, but I, I, as a person, there's certain things I might say that are not necessarily related agree, to. agree, <laughs> but if, if, you know, you're not going to scare away advertisers. Cause oh, nobody, I might. Well, nobody <laughs> particularly cares what we say. No, that's he, true. He's got a huge Luckily. following. He's got the, all eyes watching him. <laughs> right. Luckily, we got. We're uh, in the peanut gallery. Right. Like, we can get away with some. Luckily, we got that. Smart aleck we, no. we can get away with some smart aleck right. comments that others don't. With great right. power comes great responsibility. Right. We don't have any great power. I got a lot of, I, 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 like I, I fall back on knucklehead, uh, doofus is a good one, um, but there's a lot, you can use a lot without getting too, you know, they're all sort of soft, yeah. soft insults. Yeah. After being totally, you know, they, they, it, it's not reciprocal. <laughs> the insults that come are every Hardcore, word, uh, right. every word in the book. So right. to send back a knucklehead. Um, okay, silly face. Yes, yeah, silly face. What did Carlos Ghosn use? He hidden something. Together. A musical was instrument a, case. Yeah, was it like a, I just checked it out. It was a Yamaha double bass case. So we got to watch out in Palo Alto, see if there's any, there any flight movements or anything. any of the sales of, of those things. You know what you call a, a, a motorcycle comedian? This was on the jumble the other day. You missed it. No, what? A Yamaha. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty bad. That's pretty good, actually. Really? It was yeah. on jumble. But I'm not giving it away because it, it was already done. Yamaha. What? Yamaha, what, what do you call? Uh oh, go okay. ahead. Wait a second. What, <laughs> what did the, 
the Buffalo Dad. Oh no, I messed it up already. Jesus. Messed up, up a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> what did the Buffalo Keep your day kid job. say? No, I messed it up twice. Coming up on Squawk Pod, turn it up. We're getting musical. My mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. Who's that? A $250 million story for Justin Bieber believers, and for everyone else who's not quite there yet. Is he bringing sexy back? Is that him? No, no, that's that other guy. Timberlake. Uh, That's Justin Timberlake. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Stand by Joe, his mic, Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan. Along with Becky Quick and Andrew is off today. Justin Bieber is on the verge of selling music rights to a publicly traded UK investment company backed by Blackstone in a $200 million transaction, according to the Wall Street Journal. Could Bieber's creative work possibly be worth that much, or are pop songs the the latest or last hyperinflated uh, asset uh, due for a correction. John Ford is here to weigh in. I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with you. I didn't, you didn't do this about Bob Dylan or, or well, uh, Bruce Springsteen. What, are well, you not a believer? About, What's wrong with Justin? You're not a believer? You're not a believer? I think it's really this, crass. Go ahead, John. Let's, but I've, I've got a bone to pick. Let's talk about this, Joe. I mean, look, yes, Bieber is a giant, giant pop star, but he's 28, and his music can't be worth $200 million, okay? I mean, 81-year-old Bob Dylan's catalog sold for $300 million two years ago. Last year, 73-year-old Bruce Springsteen sold his catalog to Sony for a reported $500 million, but he's the boss. I mean, the Springsteen and Dylan prices might be crazy, too, but at least we know that their sonic libraries have staying power. Blowing in the Wind and Born to Run are part of the great American songbook. A Love Yourself and Baby might get there, but we'll need a few more years before we're sure. So why is this happening? Well, we've known that megastars' bodies of work had value in the modern age since Michael Jackson famously bought the publishing rights to most of the Beatles catalog in 1985 for $47 million, which seems like a steal today. But in 1985, would literally buy you all the Lamborghini Countaches, which was my supreme measure of value in 1985. Anyway, these days, in the streaming era, asset managers like BlackRock see catalogs of hit songs as gold. Music flows through commercials, movies, video games, and they want to own the hits. And hits do have major value, but not $200 million for Bieber's catalog just 15 years into his career. It's not just bubblegum music. It's a bubble, Joe. The value, though, of these catalogs held up pretty well, as you said, 
Uh, the Beatles or MJ, I mean, those things, they, they, they don't go down. Think of Taylor Swift. Maybe <laughs> investors know what they're doing. Yes, be careful. They'll make sure she wants you to own her catalog. On the other hand, <laughs> yeah. Bieber's catalog is probably worth every penny of $200 million. There's more to these music investments than you think. Case in point, Ryan Tedder. Who's that? A guy who sold a majority stake of his music catalog to KKR for $200 million last January. Ryan's the lead singer of One Republic, but that's not why he's mogul rich. Ryan Tedder is mogul rich because he helped produce the 21 and 25 albums for Adele and 1989 for Taylor Swift and helped write Halo and EXO for Beyonce and Betuwana for Blackpink. Tedder's catalog includes slices of all that and a lot more. So for some of these artists, it's not just about the song itself. In this era where TikTok, Spotify, Peloton, and all kinds of other services need music to operate, the powers that own hits get data, special insight into emerging trends and services, early insight into the hot new thing. So back to Bieber. Because he was the standout male solo artist of the last decade, Justin Bieber's music probably will be a marker for millennial tastes for decades to come. By owning a piece of it, investors will get both a healthy stream of royalties and valuable clues into what digital projects and services young consumers will want next. So if you think that's not worth $200 million, I mean, what do you mean, Joe? Uh, all right, I have, they have more stuff written in here, but then I want to talk to you. On the, on the data side, <laughs> part of the value of Bieber's catalog is that he's got a little piece of so many different kinds of songs. Is, is that it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, much. Despacito, I mean, it's like the top yeah. Latin hit of all. Right, Bieber's like, like a trillion the, views. Yeah, yeah, he's like the Kevin Bacon of millennial tastes and trends. It's like connected to everything. So if, you, if the new service pops up and that the young people want to be on and music starts streaming there, if you own pieces of Beaver's catalog, you're probably going to see and understand that first. You can buy shares in it. It's just, I guess, John, it, it, we, we all live in our little uh, echo chambers because I'm always saying, all right, even an average one-hit wonder from 40 years ago, the Scorpions or something, or uh, 38 Special. You know, you hear... Scorpions and 38 Special both have more than one-hit wonders. Not saying they're one-hit wonders. I'm saying we're still listening to their music 40 years yeah. later. That's what I hear on Classic Rewind or Classic Vinyl yes. or something. I don't know of any... Do you, is there a single millennial Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Deep, even Deep Purple? Here's is there the, anything? Here's the disturbing they, thing, though, Joe. Here's the <laughs> Go into Spotify and look at the number of streams of some of these classic songs and compare it to Drake or Bieber, and you'll see that just from a data perspective, the number of like little Drake data points that light up, some yeah. of these newer artists are going to get you a lot more intelligence into what young people I'm telling you that, that I'm not. Swift. Yeah, Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor would be it. But I'm not the person to ask. But I am. So it's me, though. Like when I, when I have classic. <laughs> it's it not us. I have classic know. vinyl on. I hear Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I hear uh, Jethro Tull. I hear things from the late 60s and early 70s. I do, too. I hear stuff from before my, yeah. my birth. Like that's and, I, and I always go, when was that? And I go, oh, my God. 45 years, 40 years, whatever it is. Um, but just do not be dissing the Beebs, man. That, that, that was, uh, that's the first thing I thought of when you started picking on well, him. Well, you know, half of the on the other hand was dissing the Beebs, but the other half was full believer. Full believer. I, and you know what? Full believer. I would, the second half was so much more compelling than the first half. 
for me. I don't. You didn't put. You didn't really put your all into the first half. I don't think. Okay. Well, every sometimes it's going to be that way. That's that's how I chose to. This is my last, on the other hand, of 2022. Okay. Of the year. That was a good one, though. That was a good one, and uh, got a lot off my chest. Thanks, John. My mama don't (laughs) like you, and she likes everyone. Who's that? Bieber. I don't. Is he bringing sexy back? Is that him? No, no, that's that other guy. Timberlake. Uh, That's Justin Timberlake. Yeah, another one. Harry Styles, he an actor or a singer or just a bon vivant? Got nice hair, right? Yeah. A little out of touch. Cheese will be next. A major winter storm is disrupting the travel plans of many heading into the holiday. But then one foggy Christmas Eve, well, there's a VIP whose flight always takes off. He's got a flawless record, and he's all weather, so it should be no problem. We check in with North American Aerospace Defense Command about conditions from the North Pole. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. We're back, and you're listening to Squawk Pod on Christmas Eve Eve. Here's Becky Quick. Airlines have canceled thousands of flights this week as winter storms, bitter cold, and high winds disrupted holiday travel. According to tracking service FlightAware, more than 2,600 flights were canceled in the United States yesterday, and more than 3,000 have already been canceled as of this morning. The biggest disruptions yesterday came at Chicago's two main airports and Denver International Airport. Today's biggest disruptions are expected to be at New York's LaGuardia Airport, Detroit, and Chicago Midway. There is one flight that won't be grounded. At least we're hoping for that. We want to welcome U.S. Navy Rear Admiral Daniel Cheever, who is the Chief of Staff with the U.S. Northern Command and the North American Aerospace Defense Command, which is known as NORAD. On Christmas Eve, NORAD is tracking Santa's flight from the North Pole for the 67th year. And welcome. We are very glad to see you, Admiral. What, what do we do in this situation? Um, is Santa's flight going to be safe? Are you serious, Clark? Good morning. Uh, Absolutely safe. Uh, He's got a flawless record and he's all weather, so it should be no problem. Have you checked in already? Are you getting updates on this or do you have to wait until the sleigh actually leaves the ground? Uh, Affirmative. We're getting updates and uh, get ready to track with the satellites, the radars, the fighters. Everything's ready to go and we should be good to go because we defend North America 365 days a year, 24-7. So we're ready to track Santa as well. Our favorite mission. Admiral Cheever, is this something you can share with us, his expected route, or is that top secret? Uh, No, in general, I can share it, but he does change depending on weather and some other factors. Uh, He's very flexible, uh, but in general, he'll start from the pole and head west and go around that way. So, uh, and we're ready for that. Yeah, because this is, uh, is this thing on, again, it's another once in a hundred year, it's like raining hard. Uh, the West Side Highway is a I know, I know, but. In all the years I've been driving in. Well, at least it's that. not Christmas Eve uh, when this is happening. 
Uh, right, Admiral? Very true. Yeah, right now it's about minus 10 outside here, uh, but that's no problem for our fighters and the rest of what we do uh, all, the, all the time at NORAD. Admiral Cheever, uh, what time should we be watching this when we're watching from home? How do we check in? Uh, so if you want to check in, 877-HIGH-NORAD uh, is the phone call, uh, and that's easy. That's 877-446-6723. Uh, and then if you want to go to the website, noradsanta.org, and that's where we get millions of hits and uh, lots of happy kids. And I'm happy that I'll be answering the phone for a bunch of kids on the 24th. So excited about that as well. Admiral, all, all the Cheevers are related, I think. You're related to, to John, and I know someone else is related to John at Harvard, Roger. Are you related to any of these people? Uh, maybe uh, in a big stretch of a way, uh, not directly, although I wish I was related directly to John Cheever. Uh, but the family is a, a proud family. They, they are indeed. Uh, I know that Roger himself, what, what, when I asked him, when I, was up, I did ask him, was related to, to, wow. to John Cheever distantly. But all right, well, fingers are crossed here. This, uh, I can't imagine the, the weight, the weight on, uh, is there more than one? I mean, I, I see a lot of them. Are, those are his helpers? It's magic. Yeah, <clears throat> the elves are the helpers. Uh, does, does Admiral, because he would. Oh, you Ad, mean the other Santas. The other oh, Santas. They're, they're helpers. They're officially signed off. Okay, that's how it works, Admiral. Absolutely. He's got plenty of help, and we have plenty of trackers, uh, and this is what we do all year long. So no issue for us, and we're excited about it. I worry about the, the chimneys, too, the carcinogens. You know, chimney sweeps have – I have a lot of concerns, Admiral. But uh, that's, that's where a little bit of that magic comes in, and Santa will be just fine. Uh, he's got it all factored it. in. Excellent. Okay. I feel better. Thank you, Admiral Cheever. <laughs> Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. And, and, you know, when I said, are, are you serious, Clark? I, you know, I guess we Cousin don't have Eddie. time. Cousin Eddie, uh, the, the great Randy Quaid, was sent out a poll. Do you think I've been typecast by playing Cousin Eddie? And it takes away from my greater roles as in Kingpin. And I realized now he was kidding because he was funny. And, yes. But I actually answered him seriously. I said, that is one of the most by, beloved, iconic, and, and I would never, you shouldn't worry he about it. He follows you, doesn't he? He does follow That's me. It's like the coolest follow ever. Yeah, yeah it is. But I, he doesn't respond very often. The Phil Connors quote, standing, basking in the warmth of their heart and hearts of your family. That's what we're going to do Perfect. and not worry about uh, the markets, about anything else. I'm Enjoy quoting a faux weatherman in a, in a crazy movie, but uh, movie. It, it is touching. Great movie. It's touching and everybody have a great, uh, great Christmas, great holiday and great new year, hopefully. Bye-bye. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. That is Squawk Pod for today and for the week. We'd like to wish all of our listeners a very happy and merry holiday season. Squawk Pod will be off on Monday, December 26th, but stay tuned. Beginning Tuesday, you will have fresh episodes right here in your podcast feed, wherever you're listening now. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.